Hello and welcome to Walk to Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Holly, the editor of Health and Wellbeing, and each episode, you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by some of the magazine team to pick out things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen to. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you absolutely can. We would love to hear your answers. So head over to healthwellbeing.com to download the questions today. Right now though, for episode five, we're about to join author and nutritionist Rhiannon Lambert as she steps out of her front door in a little town outside of London in December 2021. Let's just put that down the sink. Okay, I'm really looking forward to getting out for a walk. Normally, I'm stuck indoors all day back to back on, you know, this work from home malarkey because the clinic, the retrition clinic at the moment is all... um, remote we were actually going to open it up again in January but really sadly the um the covid the new variant that we've got means um yeah we can't take that can't take the risk and we're gonna have to keep it all online and remote but it just means that a lot of my time at the moment is sitting down at the computer and some days I don't even get to leave the house. So I was super grateful to be able to do a job that means getting out for a bit of a walk. I might actually bump into my nanny who's got my son today on their way back from the um, from the shops, but let me just see. Okay. Right, so what gets me on a walk? I mean, desperation to get out of the house. (laughs) Um, I mean, at the moment, that seems to be what it's become because whenever I manage to get out on a walk, I always feel 10 times better within my mental health and just feel like I'm ready to then sit down and enjoy the day. Sometimes it's just that pick-me-up, I think a bit of fresh air. And today is one of those days, which is actually a really nice wind today. It's cold, but it's sunny. And yeah, when the sun's out, it's not so bad. And I'm really lucky to be doing this walk podcast on the day where it didn't snow, because it snowed two days ago. So I feel quite grateful my hands are not going to be turning into ice. I'm just going to go around the back streets of where I live and just take a little stroll and try and stick in the sun and move away from the cars it's quite a kind of like a cut through road I live on so there are quite a bit of cars and it's quite windy um but yeah I think getting out earlier than later is better especially now it gets dark in the winter I do find that I prefer to get my movement in in the morning it doesn't always happen um but Yes, I definitely try and pick up the mood. It's 
gets dark around three o'clock, doesn't it, realistically at the moment with the lead up to Christmas. So it's a bit depressing and I definitely am one that needs the sunshine. And nutritionally speaking, it's better for sleep and circadian rhythms. So scientifically, helps with appetite regulation as well. There's some links there, which I find... Anyway, you can all get my new book to learn more, <laughs> to learn more about that. I think my dream walk... Oh, it's quite difficult to think about what my dream walk would be. Um, I mean, I just, I love the heat and I love the warmth, but not being too warm where it's too difficult to walk. So immediately in my head then, the Maldives popped into my dream location, but would that be my dream walk? Probably not. Maybe, I mean, I've never been, but I, actually that, it's a tiny white light. I have been to Switzerland, but a very long time ago on a singing gig, I actually sang on the top of a mountain in St. Moritz for a wedding. I got this amazing gig. I was back in the day and we got flown out. And I remember being, I got sick because of the height, you know, when you go up the mountain and I can't remember what that's called, but altitude sickness, I think. <laughs> and I remember we sang, yeah, at the top of this pristine white snow mountain, but my favorite walk, would be the lakes in Switzerland. And we did drive past a few of those in the car. I've never actually been to do a walk around the lakes, but it just looks so still. And I guess like a postcard, you know, you could, when you go somewhere that's, yeah, like a postcard. It's amazing, really. Um, gosh, there's so many roadworks going on at the moment everywhere. I'm just try and avoid those because I can see them ahead with their flashing the flashing lights. Lots of birds, which is always nice. Um, my toddler, my son, loves birds. We went through a phase, I think when he was around, say like 10, 11 months, where every time he saw a bird, he'd go, oh, just make a noise and look up at the bird. It's so cute. And we have this one robin that sits outside our house. I find that the older I get, the more interested in birds I become. It's, <laughs> I remember just thinking as a child, oh, how dull. <laughs> and now I love it. I love everything about nature. Let's get the next question. Just crossing the road. Now, do I take the hilly walk when I'm trying to record a podcast? Oh, don't know. Yeah, let's do it. I never get the chance to get out like this. So, what does switching off look like to you? Um, no phone, <laughs> which is so difficult in my line of work. It's just, it's so hard. I, you know, I've got the social media accounts to run. I mean, it's not the main thing for the, the business, the retrition business. I run a clinic, so technically I have to have my phone on me all the time because you just never know um, what emergency is going to crop up or what double booking could occur and if one of my clinicians needs me or a client needs me and it's just, yeah, the phone has to be on. And then, of course, liaising with my staff anyway, aside from that, as my project manager and brands and calls. <laughs> oh, wow, listen to that. So I'm walking woo, through the thickest pile of leaves oh my goodness my son see everywhere I go I'm like my son would love that but he really would 
with the wellies, he would sink into it. I'm just going to get my phone out to take a picture of where we are because I want my nanny to only have her two days a week, but it's an absolute godsend. So yeah, I fit all my work in two days a week. Let me just tell her, sorry, she has to come here with his wellies later. Defo, come here with Zed later for a welly walk. <laughs> it's like gold dust when you find, when you find a pile of leaves that thick. Um, <laughs> so switching off for me is 100% um, yeah, away from the work, um, which is hard when you own your own business because it's always at the back of my mind. There's always an idea or a thought that seems to come to fruition for me. Um, and it's really, really hard to wind down from that. And I have found since having my son, it's been a huge blessing because when I'm with him, I only want my focus to be on him. It's kind of the first time in my life where I've ever felt no offence to my husband, who I love so much, but with when my son needs me in a different way and I give him my undivided attention when I'm with him. So um, that is probably why any of you listening that follow the, the re-page, not my nutrition one, which is why I share more of the motherhood. You know, I, I don't really have any more than the split second or two each day of time with Zachary to share because... I, yeah, I just treasure that time and I don't want a phone around, I guess, a lot of the time. So yeah, switching off is family time. I can't wait for Christmas this year. I'm so excited because obviously last year was horrendous and lonely. Um, to be honest, most of my life with my son has been lonely because of lockdown. We were so isolated. We didn't get any help till he was 10 months old. But now I do really look forward to that family time all together which will be lovely I've got my sister coming up and her my nieces which will be super lovely um i'm going down the hill at the moment by the way not up so this is quite a good time to read the cards uh, who's really nailing their well-being in your life oh i just slipped off the pavement Wonderful. <laughs> Need to concentrate. I was reading the card. Um, who's really nailing their well-being in your life? Hmm. <laughs> it's such a good question. Because at the moment, I don't know if anyone is. Unless it would be my mum. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I've got the perfect balance. I'm, I'm overworked. <laughs> Isn't everybody as a mother balancing work and life? Um, definitely not my other half. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or my dad. I think it would have to be my mum. She, um, she, yeah, managed to retire at a quite a good age. <laughs> She's very lucky. Um, I mean, there's a backstory to everything um, with, you know, unwell family members and people that she looks after. But I would say that she's managed to get a lovely, lovely life where she goes out every day for a cycle or a walk or she plays tennis and um, 
kind of a life that I would definitely aspire to one day, I think, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I'd say she's definitely got it. And online, if I could think of anybody online. Oh, lovely train I can see going past. Whew. The person online that I think's... The thing is, I, I don't believe online. So I think because I am online, you just don't know. You just don't know what's going on behind... I talk about this with my friends all the time. I know you had Lucy on before and it's just like, you just don't know. You can't tell from a 15 second Insta story what's going on in someone's life and filtered airbrushed images. Um, you know, you capture the positive moments. I always capture the moments when I'm really happy and I'm eating or I'm enjoying life. I, I do occasionally share when I'm not so happy because I think it's important, but ultimately you don't always get a positive response from that either. Um, it's a tricky, tricky one. So yeah, I'm just gonna stick with my mum, I think, to answer. And I think I will try and stop home actually, because my um, nanny left with my purse this morning and my goal was to go on this walk and treat myself to a lovely hot drink <laughs> at the same time. Um, but I don't have any money. <laughs> because she took my purse and I, I completely forgot to tell her I would need it this afternoon. So I'll do that and get a drink from the local. I think I'll go to Gail's and get a hot chocolate. That's what I really fancy on a nice crisp morning like this. Just walking up the hill. Let's see how the conversation holds. So the next question so when you are feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? Okay, made it to the top of the hill. Um, perfect. Little bit out of breath, but nothing disastrous. In fact, I have found that my fitness levels in the last three or four months have just been shockingly bad just haven't really done as much as I used to do. Um, and I do blame it on work levels. Not being well, having a poorly toddler and just not getting out of the house. So the walks are so good. So good for you. Right, when you're feeling stressed, okay. What do I do? Often I try and take myself away from the scenario, even if it's a different room in the house. I try and go and lie down on the bed for like a minute or two. And when I used to work in, in person in my clinic, I wouldn't really have much time between clients. It would be back to back and I could be in that room for like five to six hours. Um, and in between each client, I would just kind of like do a downward dog or something in the room. I once, I'd even lie, sometimes you'd have the medical beds at the back of the room. And I used to just lie there for like two, three minutes before I had to call the next client in. And just do some deep breathing. <sighs> deep breathing, it's really good. Tap into the parasympathetic nervous system. Stress is something I write about a lot in the new book as well, The Science of Nutrition. It's um, 
I can't believe it's four weeks till the release date as I'm recording this podcast. It's crazy. But I was very stressed when I was writing that book. Because <laughs> obviously when you've got a baby, and he was a baby then, and I only had the childcare on the two days a week. And when I started writing the book, I didn't have anything. And the pandemic just wasn't playing ball for me, being conducive to me pretty much writing an encyclopedia. So it was a very um, stressful time, sleep deprivation from my toddler, but back then baby, plus having to work in the evenings and when he slept. I've been very lucky because he's actually quite a good napper. I get really nervous when I say things, like I need to touch some wood, I just don't want to jinx it, but he's always been quite good at naps. So I've always had quite a lot of time to get work done, but you know, I've been really rigid with it. Whereas we don't leave the house and do on-the-go naps because I have to work. So I'll go to find some wood. <laughs> Lovely holly tree, actually. Beautiful above my head. Um, so I take myself away. And in the evenings, I have started using the Calms app. Uh, at one point, I was pretty much an insomniac. And I would be so tired. I think you get to that point in parenthood and to work working so much where you're so exhausted that you just can't switch off. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And I would listen to bedtime stories on the app and just fall asleep to them. Um, the downside is that you have to switch your phone on to do that. And you know, a lot of people say, don't have your phone near you. Um, you know, don't look at technology. So I'm walking down the busy road again because I'm hoping to get to my house to get my money <laughs> so I can get a hot chocolate. I'm really going to make the most of this working opportunity and recording this podcast. It's a rarity. Um, so yes. The triggers. I mean, a lot of the stress is, is work deadlines, triggers, even anxiety of silly things like will my book sell <laughs> which I guess isn't silly but to me you know things like that are on my mind I worry about it have I done enough did I use the latest evidence-based research which I know I did but has something new come out in the last few months that I didn't put in the book is Zachary okay you know he's got a blocked nose today oh I hope that my nanny wipes the nose enough and then puts cream underneath the nose it's everything at the moment I find can be quite stressful um, and perhaps that's part of my personality. I'm a bit more anxious, especially since having the PTSD from my first birth during COVID. I've been working through a lot in therapy on anxiousness and hypervigilance, which has been interesting. And I know I'm so lucky to be able to afford to do therapy because this is private and the NHS waiting list was so long. So I know... What a lucky position I'm in to have access to it. But I really do recommend speaking to someone if anyone else feels triggered by things because you're probably not alone. And I, I thought I was just that type of person. I didn't realise I had a trauma. And of course, you know, now I look back, it's obvious I did. But I didn't know until I went to see the therapist and she diagnosed me with PTSD and I didn't know it was PTSD. So always get checked right I'm just arriving at my house um check the time I really hope she'll be back 
10.30. Hopefully she will be in. Oh, just dropped my hairband on the floor. Lovely wet soggy hairband. She's not back yet because she's got the car. Damn it. Never mind. Oh, there goes my dream of a hot chocolate in the morning. Just like that. Oh, I've left my car unlocked. I love the car. Right, I'm going to head into town. Oh, I have Apple Pay. I have Apple Pay. Yes, I can use um, I can use Apple Pay for my hot chocolate. I hope I set it up all right. Um, gosh, there's someone else walking towards me now with a pram that looks so similar to my son's. And I've, when they're in the distance, you know, and you can't quite see, and you think, oh, <laughs> but it's not. Thank goodness I have my contact lenses in. I have been known to wave at people that I don't know <laughs> quite frequently. Uh, right, next question. When was the last time you challenged yourself to something new or different? Ooh. Um... Good question. To be honest, I feel like every day is a challenge as a mum and a business owner. <laughs> Everything's always new and different. Um, but when it comes to life experiences, what have I done that's new? Do you know what, driving, um, because I passed my driving test when I was 17 and I was kind of living in London at the time. I'd won the singing competition, but you know, my car was back in Wiltshire where I grew up, my little K8 I worked so hard for. I worked in Subway in my local town and I worked down the road at, an all girl, at the all-girls school, the posh one down the road. I just went to the bog standard state and I remember getting a bus after school, literally get a bus, go to the girls' school, put a hairnet on and I would serve all the girls their dinner and then we'd get to eat the leftovers in the kitchen. <laughs> it's... <laughs> And it was actually a really nice job. Um, I also managed to get some health and safety certificates out of it. And I mean, it was very grounding for a 14 year old to be 14, 15, 16, going to serve others <laughs> at that young age. But um, yeah, I saved, saved pocket money bit by bit. And I would do occasional weekends there. And then as I got a bit older, I worked at Subway. And I would often do the closes, which was so late when I look back, because you'd, you'd close the store at like 10 p.m. And obviously I'd always be with an older adult, because I was only a teenager at the time. Tracy was there and Ava. I remember all these people and it was so much fun. And we'd eat all the cookies, the broken cookies from um, the oven. Because if they were broken, you couldn't serve them, so you just got to take them home. Um, and I, I definitely can't eat Subway as much now as I used to every day. I could get creative and make my own salads and subs and stuff. But I digress. That was to earn money for my car. And then I won the competition, the singing competition with Classic FM when I was 17. 
And then my car just kind of became redundant and my sister started using it and I got whisked off to London um, and just didn't need a car. My sister wrote my car off within a few months. She literally drove it into a ditch. Thank goodness she is okay, but at the time I was quite angry because I used to like going back home and driving my car. And there's no way I could afford another one because I was having to pay rent in Camden at the time. And I was working in retail and it was just a bit of a slog. It's a bit of a depressing time in my life. But I didn't drive a car for how many years? So I live in London. I lived in London from 17 to 31. It's a very long time. Um, and didn't drive. <laughs> so, moving out of London in August, August 2020, so my son was five months old, suddenly realising, yeah, I really need a car here, and one day, you know, I'm going to need to take my son to classes, and when they open with the pandemic, which they did eventually, um, and I need to go places, and I, I want my freedom back, so I was feeling so claustrophobic I couldn't go anywhere I was just walking the same like routes every day with the pram and at that point only Sainsbury's was open so my local walk was Zachary during the pandemic every morning to Sainsbury's for like baby sensory for him was getting tedious I was like I really need to learn to drive so I booked a few more driving lessons um, and managed to get my confidence up there and then drove locally a bit more got over the phobia with him in the back I think the main thing is having him in the back and then the motorway. So trying something different would be the motorway for me. That was a very long-winded answer. But I would definitely say that's taken a lot. And I still don't feel safe driving on my own with Zachary in the back, but I will drive by myself on the motorway. And in fact, I'm doing that tonight. So I have to go into London this evening and I will be driving myself. When is the last time you cried? The other night. <laughs> um, I decided to say something which is was a tiny bit political which I never normally do on my social media but I just felt so strongly that I have a platform and a voice and I wanted to use it for the greater good and I said that I believe because there are vulnerable people out there you don't know who's pregnant or who's got a disability that if you can wear um, a mask then you should and very sadly I received so much abuse and the post did so well, got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of likes, that I had to take the post down. And from taking it down, yeah, I had a little cry, had a little argument at home, and it was just one of those evenings where I felt, um, yeah, felt a little bit upset. Looking at the next question, and on the subject of masks, I don't have my mask on me, so I'm definitely not getting this hot chocolate today. Absolutely gutting. <laughs> Fate just didn't allow it to happen today, I think. I have to just accept that. Um, what's one recent little win you are happy with? Hmm. What is one win I'm happy with? Well, actually, I just need to pop into the opticians very quickly. Um, and I will need to... Hi, can I borrow that mask? Is that okay? Thank you. Well, use, use it rather than... 
No. You don't want to use them. I think that's a glasses one. I've no, never no, seen that you, before. No, you take those off. It's just exactly Wow, I've never I seen that before. I comfortable, to be honest. However, I had one of those on yesterday, and after about 10 minutes, I wasn't even aware that I was wearing Oh, okay. Before. Amazing. I've never seen that before. And my mum really prefers those. Ah. So, you know, it's just one of those. Wow. Um, I'm just going to very quickly look at your sunglass collection, if you don't mind. That's an option. Great. Thank you. So I'm actually thinking of getting a prescription pair of sunglasses. Um, because I've lost my other pair, my really nice pair of sunglasses, and I'm absolutely gutted about it. But yeah, I think I may as well get a prescription pair. Um, and now I have a mask, so it's happening. We're back. We're back on, and I'm going to use this mask. <laughs> What's the one recent little win you are happy with? Finishing the book, I mean it's quite a big win to me, completing that book. Um, little win would be my son sleeping through the night with his cold because I bought a humidifier for his room and it just seems to have made the world of difference. Um, and I guess getting things like even getting the opportunity to record this podcast for you means I'm getting a chance to get out. Um, and have a good start to the day, which makes a lot of difference. So, yeah, that would be my my little win, I think. Just going through the town centre now where I live. Um, Gales is, is the new exciting thing in this town. I think I was so spoiled living in London that I had I had access to everything. I really miss Buddha bowls and poke bowls um, on the go and you know, all these extravagant things that actually I think I took for granted and now I'm able to see that the access is excessive but also incredible at the same time when you live in the city. So a lot to, um, a lot to take on board. Gosh, it's so sunny. I wish I'd actually got those sunglasses. Oh no, because it's prescription I'd have had to have waited anyway okay question number nine what's the biggest life lesson you've learned this year um i would probably say what's the biggest life lesson i've learned this year i think being in the moment and being happy with not trying to rush all the time or fast forward time I used to always be that person that had things planned in the diary and to look forward to, which is so motivational and it's motivational for so many of our clients and helpful on the nutrition side of things. But for me, with my son, I just think it's so important in the family times just to kind of enjoy those, um, those little moments because the cuddles every single evening I get before bed are my favourite. We watch a little bit of Moon and Me or 
in the night garden on the TV and we have a lovely cuddle and that is what I've learned to enjoy the little things rather than them always having to be big extravagant things now I'm in Gales with my mask on oh gosh it's always so tempting when I come in here I love everything but my wallet doesn't and my Apple Pay I'm not sure will either um, I don't have my favourite pumpkin pie today but I am absolutely ravenous hello what do I get um, can I get a hot chocolate a um, the 75% one made with take away with oat milk please got my cup there and see this is when I have to decide do I get something can I get the avocado smoked salmon roll, please? Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I think I'll get the hubbier sausage roll, please, as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I don't personally eat sausage, but I know he'll love that. Thank you. Brilliant. Okay. Huh? Well, this is a, <laughs> it's a microphone. I'm just recording this thing for a magazine. So it's like a, on your walk. Yeah, it looks like an accessory though, doesn't it? No, I hadn't either. This is a new ex work experience for me today. No, I know. Well, I can pass that on to them. I think it's like the sound muffler, but it looks like a Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a Christmas thing. Thanks so much. You too. So guys, as you can hear, that was a very, very positive remark about your microphone. <laughs> she thought it was a Christmas accessory. <laughs> Love it. Um, so to end the podcast, I've got my hot chocolate. I'm very happy. I've got a salmon roll. Um, complete the following sentences. Being healthy is... I would say being healthy is a combination of physical and mental health. So being healthy to me is being able to live each day to the fullest because you have your physical and mental health. Um, I am most me when... When I... Oh most me when I'm with my family and then the best thing about my walk today <laughs> has been the fresh air the exercise a finish of a hot chocolate and I managed to work my apple pay and remember it's there and exists on my phone <laughs> it's also been very good to reflect actually and um, just reflect on how hard I think the last few years have been for everybody as well and acknowledge the little wins, like you said, and acknowledge the fact that I've got a book coming out, which is a huge achievement, and I should be more, you know, instead of being stressed, just a bit more grateful for it and everything that it's brought. So, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed today's chat. Thank you so much for having me. 
I think there will be a lot of listeners, myself included, who can relate to those days. You feel chained to your desk. And if you're like Rhiannon and are grateful for those moments we get to stretch our legs and change our scenery, our sponsor has some great footwear for you to wear on your walks. So before we discuss Rihanna's answers, let's take a moment to hear from Sketches. Walk to Wellbeing is proudly sponsored by Sketches, the comfort technology company. Put a spring in your step with Sketches' range of comfort-boosting shoes, featuring the very latest walking technology. The new lightweight, high-flex ArchFit range is designed to take great care of your feet, wherever your walk to wellbeing may take you. Over 20 years of data was used to create the amazing ArchFit cushioning insole, which provides complete foot and arch support. And now you can add Sketches apparel to your walking wardrobe for ultimate all-day comfort. Shop the range online at sketches.co.uk. That's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S.co.uk, where you'll find thousands of shoes, boots, trainers, jackets, tops, leggings, activewear, and more to bring you and your family style and support with every step. I don't know about you, but I felt like we were on a real roller coaster journey to whether Rhiannon would get that hot chocolate she was craving. But I'm so excited to talk about her walk. So this week, I'm bringing back Daniela, Laura, and Cami from the Health and Wellbeing team. Cami, what did you think about Rhiannon's walk today? Oh, I really enjoyed that walk, and I'm totally with you on thinking, goodness, I really hope she gets this hot chocolate. And I think <laughs> there'll be many of us who are able to identify with, once you've got that thing in your head that you really, really want, yeah. <laughs> um, the thought of not being able to have it is like, oh, no. So, yeah, I just, I just loved how human she was. I loved how honest she was. And I, too, was delighted that uh, she got her hot chocolate uh, in the end. <laughs> but I think the other thing that was so nice was how how relatable a lot of what she was talking about was, especially that sense of being chained to the desk, unable to find even a couple of moments to step away. I think that was a big one for me. I can really relate to her as a busy mum and um, not having the, the time for yourself and feeling quite stretched with work and kids and husband and everything else. Um, and, you know, like when she said, what uh, what gets you out on a walk? Um, desperation to get out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, really relate to that. Just have sort of a moment of headspace, really, um, and some time to yourself. Um, I really liked what she said about, you know, walking along, crunching leaves. Um, it made me think of my kids and how lovely it is to go on walks with children as well, because... Um, they, they notice those little things, like they force you to slow down and, you know, whether it's the birds singing or you see a squirrel or, uh, you know, crunching the leaves, stepping in muddy puddles, it it makes it quite sensory experience. And I think it, it kind of stops you uh, worrying about things or it just slows your, your head down a bit, your head space, I think. Um, so yeah I really like that mm, I love that she wanted to share those moments of her walk with her son yeah and um, because that welly walk through the thick pile of leaves sounded it brilliant. did and didn't they sound amazing <laughs> <laughs> I still love that as an adult actually um, <laughs> I think I'm a bit like Rhiannon's son <laughs> it's just like I can remember going for a walk um in I think it was like end of November time and uh there's this little lane that I quite often walk the dog down. Um, but yeah, it was just one day, it was just carpet of leaves. And <laughs> I just kind of lost myself in my thoughts walking along, listening to that satisfying crunch underfoot. Um, and it's quite nice as well. That's what I love about walks is that 
um it really kind of puts you out there in the in the elements and you you sort of feel the seasons a lot more I think that Rhiannon was quite she you know she craved a bit more outdoor time and I think a lot of us do particularly at, at this time of year yeah absolutely and I think anyone who has um experienced isolation um unfortunately like I have um gosh I was so eager to get out for a walk like those I think that was the worst thing uh, like you know being indoors outside the thing that I was dreading was not being able to get outside for a walk and so yeah literally I can relate to you Alan so much like the desperation to actually get out the door <laughs> and um see something a little bit different to the you know the four walls of your living room was that was that was real for me. Yeah, she also said about um, she likes to go walking in the morning, particularly in winter, didn't she? And I thought that was mm-hmm. a really interesting point. Um, I think she said it's good for your circadian rhythms. Am I saying that right? I never know. It's yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Circadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I think maybe it's the extra vitamin D or just moving your body in the morning kind of just wake yourself up and uh, set those rhythms right to hopefully help you sleep better at night. Um, Yeah, I thought that was a really good point. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's nothing better. Like I've been learning quite a bit about this at the moment, about how um, getting some natural light like half an hour or an hour after you wake up is so good for, um, like you said, your circadian rhythm and your um, productivity. It just helps like kick your all the all the cells in your body like kick them awake and um kind of like get going with things would you say that's right Kemi with um in terms of productivity and things have you experienced that kind of thing yeah absolutely and uh, obviously anything like natural light that can help you um sort of just give your body what it needs to put you in the the best possible headspace is is wonderful but uh i'm living up in scotland so at the moment when i get up uh, i get up at 6 a.m to uh, let the dogs out and um, i always sort of drag myself out of bed grumpily going <laughs> i don't really want to do this and by now it's a well-worn habit that i just ignore that and just get ready and uh, take my dogs out for a wee walk. And Mm -hmm. within moments of being outside, even though it's still pitch black because it's Scotland at 6am in the winter, um, the cold air and seeing all the lights and smelling all the, uh, there's a lot of wood fires and cold fires around here, even at 6am, it just really brings everything to life and all of my senses wake up. And by the time I'm back, 15 minutes later, I am absolutely alert and ready to get started. And that's that's all it takes. Works for me. I'm sure it wouldn't work for everybody. But anyone else have any little um, little things they find really helpful in the morning to get you in the zone? Yeah, you and I actually have the same thing in common, Cammy. I unfortunately don't have any dogs, but um, I like to get out really early in the morning. And yeah, even if it is in the dark and I'm like, I've got my torch and I think people like, I think this if I if I go walking and if it is in the light I don't I I think I'm the only one who doesn't really have a dog and people um people are like what are you doing (laughs) well I'm just taking myself for a walk actually (laughs) but no yeah I've really I've really noticed that that helps um in terms of um productivity and just yeah like you say even if if I wake up really early and kind of I'm feeling a bit sluggish, just physically getting moving. And I'm not talking about exercise, but, you know, perhaps it's something as mundane as unloading the dishwasher or just physically getting up, turning on those artificial lights and just, yeah, sort of forcing yourself to wake up. But yeah, how about you, Holly? Have you got any um, kind of like habits like that 
um, to help you start your day. Well, I was just going to say that was actually one of Rhiannon's little wins, wasn't it? Getting out and having mm. a good start to the day. Um, and I think Laura and Daniela, you'll know what a good night's sleep and going out for a walk did for me last week. Um, because <laughs> yeah, yeah you're on fire. Boundless energy and <laughs> ideas for about an hour and then completely burn out. <laughs> um, so no, I could, I could definitely relate to that little win of like just getting yourself up and out and getting that, you know, fresh air and that morning light and the difference that made um, to the start of my day. So Mm. that's definitely something that um, I was nodding along to when Rhiannon was saying that was her little win. And I think it shows as well, like it doesn't, in terms of um, maybe if you think about exercise, it just shows that it doesn't have to be something so formal or really gruelling, I think, you know, just getting outside and sometimes just like you said, getting some fresh air and just raising your heart a little bit um, is, is enough. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we hear in all of our all of our guests, that that delight in being outside and so many of them really taking the time while they're out just to notice those little things, the crunchy leaves, the birds, that kind of thing. And it's really been a common thread through all of our guests. And I guess that's true for all of us if we actually give ourselves the time to go outside is we do connect uh, with the environment in in a very different way, and that has a very positive impact on our well being. And it, it is nice to hear it's true for so many people, um, and hopefully so many of our listeners as well. Yeah, and she mentioned that the bird watching um, was down to age, but I actually think it's um, that because we've had that time to slow down and notice mm. those things around us. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I just laughed so much with that one because I have just moved house so I now have a, a garden and in that garden I decided we we're going to have a bird feeder. The ludicrous levels of excitement <laughs> I get from watching my birds come and feed, that it is ridiculous, but it is amazing how connecting with the, um, with the natural world makes such a big impact for us. It's funny that you say that, Cammy, because I think um, it's really important um, to sort of enjoy the the smaller things in life take pleasure in the smaller things and kind of feeds into um what Rhiannon was saying um at the start about you know the crunching of the leaves the birds seeing how how she um really takes more interest in birds um as she's got older um and also how she really wanted that hot chocolate like you know and she seemed so happy at the end when she got her hot chocolate <laughs> and we were all so happy for her as well but <laughs> It's um I think it's a really good thing for your your mental well-being isn't it to just you know take these simple pleasures in life and and really kind of revel in them. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think some people really need an incentive to to get out. Um and I also don't I also think that that's quite a healthy way of a, way of looking at things especially if you want to incorporate something like exercise into your life a little bit more. Um I know that our fave um, Dr. Chatterjee talks a lot about this, about how if you want to say, increase your movement a little bit more in your daily life. So for example, if you're boiling the kettle, then go ahead and, you know, do, do a little bit of movement for five minutes while the kettle's boiling. So once you hook that onto something that's so ingrained in your daily routine, and then, so, you know, you're not wasting any time and you get some movement in. And then once once that's over, the kettle's boiled and you're ready to have your cup of coffee. So I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that actually. And 
her hot chocolate did sound delicious. I was really jealous. <laughs> Absolutely, Danny. And you know, I'm a huge fan of of two for ones, as I like to call them. You know, <laughs> those moments in our lives where perhaps we we have to or we want to do one thing, but actually we also really want something else. It's like wherever possible, yeah. Why not blend them? Why not go for a nice brisk walk to get a hot chocolate? Um, if if that's what it takes to allow you permission to go out. Uh, and do it and enjoy it. Uh, and I know I probably sound like a cracked record, but it is, of course, all about that balance. It's about finding the things that bring you joy, even when they're tiny, and you know, giving yourself permission to enjoy those, and you know, maybe wrap in some of that stuff that's good for you um, as well, so that your life is a richness of the things you love, the things you need, and um, everything else that you have to do. And you're just making room for all of it, really. And I love the fact that um, a nutritionist, you know, as a nutritionist, she doesn't deny herself things like hot yeah, chocolate. Yeah, I picked up on that as well. The occasional subway. <laughs> um, <laughs> she seems to have a really healthy balance. She seems to really love food. And, you know, because I think there is the perception that sometimes, you know, these professionals, they have everything sorted mm. and you know she's eats she eats the healthiest diet there is and wouldn't deviate from that but I think you know a healthy diet is a, a balanced diet isn't it yeah that's so true and also another reoccurring theme I picked up was that in terms of social media and feeling that pressure I suppose from the filtered and airbrush images I kind of I, I always sort of associated that with like teenage girls but it actually shows that like lack of um confidence actually it doesn't really discriminate and no matter you know whether you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s that you can still have kind of trouble with that it was it was kind of a little bit reassuring actually to know that um you're not the only one who kind of gets down about that kind of thing definitely and that's something that I wanted to talk about as well Daniela the culture of the polarized views um that you're either like pro something or against something online or not just online but life in general at the moment I think um and it sounded like she had stepped out of her comfort zone a little bit to make a comment that maybe she wouldn't normally have done and then she was met with some un unkind comments when she did so um and I was just wondering what the team thinks about voicing your opinion safely to others um without like you know embracing that vulnerability if you want to have an opinion without having to like feel wounded if it differs from someone else's yeah it's an absolute minefield isn't it you know sharing any strong opinion online especially mm. um political um but also I thought it was really interesting um what she was saying about sort of feeling under pressure to always post positive things online or you know only sharing the odd negative thing um because it's just it's difficult to know how how it's received um how it's going to be received uh and whether it does have a positive effect on people um I, i'm not sure i know sharing sort of more vulnerable sides um when you see celebrities and influencers sharing those more more vulnerable sides to their lives um and more negative sides to their lives it can be really reassuring for a lot of people but then I think there's also the danger that we want to uplift people as well we want to share positivity mm. so it's it's a tricky balance to to find I think yeah well, I'm a total dinosaur so <laughs> I don't share. I don't share very much uh, typically, and I, I very much take the view that 
there are some things that I wish to keep private for myself. Um, mm. I will be extremely cautious who I am going to be vulnerable with. Um, and that's, that's based on, uh, you know, a lifetime's worth of experience of making mistakes in that space. So, mm -hmm. uh, for me personally, no, it wouldn't be something, uh, that I would feel comfortable doing. And in a sense, I always really admire people who are, yeah. uh, I think the only thought I always have is I, I hope that they are feeling, uh, strong enough uh, to be able to cope with whatever comes back because um, as we all know um, you know that social media space can get pretty uh, unpleasant as well as very very wonderful as well and and again I guess it's about finding the right balance for you but I always always say please don't share anything if you're not feeling comfortable uh, don't share it because you think you have to um, share it because you would really like to or it's going to add in some way meaning some way to you or perhaps to others around you um, but yeah not because you feel you have to yeah totally I think I'm definitely guilty of kind of like only sharing the the highlight reel or you know all the the good times on Instagram but then you know at the end of the day I don't have my page um, because I'm not influencing thousands of people and um, it is more of like a personal thing for me I suppose for me to like share um, some really good times um, with my friends and things like that. So I think people have different um, people have different reasons for that sort of thing. Whether it is you know doing whether it is sharing a glimpse of that Insta versus reality. I know that my my trainer talks about this a lot on her Instagram page. And like you said, Cami, I always have really um, I always really respect her for it because I think, gosh, I don't think I could do that because her life is very much you know, up and down, like, like, like everyone's is. And, um, she always kind of like tells us to, you know, ride the wave and whether you're feeling sad one day, um, you know, next tomorrow is going to come and you might feel the same or you might feel better. And, you know, it, life kind of goes in this roller coaster, and you do have to learn to ride the wave sometimes. Cause I thought it was quite, uh, it was really interesting what she was saying about speaking to a professional and seeing a, a, a therapist and, and the benefits that she saw from that and how she was really surprised that she was diagnosed with having um, PTSD because she would never have come to that conclusion um, in her own mind. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that Rhiannon had previously thought that that was just part and parcel of her personality. Mm. Um, and actually then when she started speaking to someone, um, they've worked through tools to better cope with those anxieties that she's been experiencing um and it made me wonder if that's something that we can often do to ourselves and each other is label that part of ourselves of oh I'm just an anxious person or I'm a warrior that's just who I am and um I it just kind of got me thinking down that road of is that something that we kind of fall into the trap of of labeling ourselves as oh you know she's Rihanna just said, oh, you know, I'm an anxious person, but actually it's it's turned out that she's been suffering from PTSD. Yeah, Holly, and I think it's such a good question because in the quietness of our own minds, I'm sure so many of us aren't very kind to some of those more vulnerable parts of self, you know, some of those little foibles we maybe have, anxieties we maybe have. And, um, you know, whenever I'm working with clients, one of their, 
usual biggest revelations is understanding the why. Uh, oh, okay, right. So that's why. Uh, and and there is always a why. Um, you know, sometimes it's going to be something, some big trauma uh, that would cause something like PTSD. But many, many more times, uh, it won't be an identifiable trauma. But that doesn't mean that it's not very real for the person who's living with it. And and so just understanding that the the way they react, the the way they interact, if you like, with the world around them will come from somewhere that was very real at some point um, and therefore be able to meet that with kindness rather than judgment, I think is such an incredibly important thing. But yeah, how many times have we privately thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm so stupid or I'm, I'm so this or I'm so that. And you kind of think, really, how am I ever supposed to grow or, or, or develop or get better at this if that's the voice I'm talking to myself with? Mm. Can I maybe adopt one that's a little kinder? And it, it sounds like that's what her talking therapy has allowed her to do is respect the fact that because of what has happened, she has a certain way of thinking uh, in regard to that. And that's okay. But it, it can be enhanced and it can be managed so that she's not quite so worried all the time. Uh, I think that's the important thing is not getting rid of it. It's part of you, but learning to respect it, love it and work with it so it can mature and grow into something that feels a little bit more comfy. Yeah, I think it's like what you're saying about um, having, having, knowing the reason why, understanding the reason why can make people treat themselves with more compassion. I think rather than thinking that it's something inherent that's wrong with them, like, oh, I'm just an anxious person, I'm just a worrier. Whereas if they understand why they're like that, then they can be a bit kinder to themselves. It's like, oh, well, that's, you know, oh, the reason I'm like that is because of X, Y, or Z. And then they can just accept it a bit more, I think, and, and move, move past it. What really uh, struck a chord with me was um, what she was saying about um, have I done enough? Like she, I think she was mentioning with um, having some insomnia and, and problems with sleeping because um, I, I personally, I get that quite a lot. And, you know, you feel like, have I done enough today at work? You know, have I got enough done on my to-do list or mm -hmm. have I been a good enough parent, wife or wh wh whatever it might be? Um, and I think a lot of us, I don't know if it's a, more of a thing like affecting women more. I feel like we can tend to be harder on ourselves than men on average. I don't want to, um, you know, create, uh, cast any stereotypes or anything. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people do feel like that um, at the end of the day. It's like, have I done enough? Have I been enough? But I really, um, I related also to her uh, saying about using the calm app um I use that a lot myself and those sleep stories and the meditations on there are really helpful for just unwinding from the day and giving yourself that permission to rest and you know switching off making that transition even though weirdly it is on your phone and it is an app uh, you know it's a bit ironic but it does it really helps me me anyway I really like the uh, Frankie Bridge sleep story. She's got such a soothing voice. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone else tried any of that? Or I haven't actually, but my friend recommended the Calm app to me. So that's really funny. It's um, kind of like come up a few times now. Um, so maybe that's my sign or something. Um, but my um, Holly will vouch for the fact that um, I... Uh, fangirl deliciously Ella like on a daily basis so um, I love her app and subscribe to her app um, and she's got like a whole wellness kind of hub on there um, and I've done some of the uh, like bedtime meditations and um, 
um, and kind of like breath work to kind of like get to sleep. And I know like people think that, I think people think sometimes like switching off is like a real, um, switching off is like a really physical thing in terms of switching off your phone. But sometimes, you know, it's just switching off from that, um, from that day at work or, you know, that like spiky email that you might have received or that tricky conversation that you might have had with someone you love. Um, and so I think, you know, having that tool by, by your bed, it's not such a, such a bad thing if it, if it's sending you off to sleep. Yeah, Daniela. And I think it is a perfect example of how, yes, whilst technology isn't necessarily our friend, sometimes if we don't Mm -hmm. use it wisely, sometimes it's exactly what we need to uh, provide us with the support uh, that we perhaps need at that precise moment in time. So, you know, once again, it's just about making sure that the relationship we have, the balance that we have with our tech is the way we would like it to be and that we're we're using it in such a way as it's enhancing our world, not Mm. taking away from it. So, um, and of course, something like uh, the Calm app um, is a great example of using technology to provide us with uh, a nice, quiet space, a beautiful, soothing voice, whatever it is that we're tuning into it for. And ultimately, if that's going to enhance our lives and give us a better night's sleep, then that's a good use of technology. So it's not that text the enemy it's just perhaps mm. sometimes we need to be mindful of the relationship that we have with it yeah I think you're right Cammy. and Rhiannon was saying you can't tell from snapshots online as well um what a true reflection of other people's lives are like and that um came across when she said that she didn't know if anyone was nailing their well-being mm-hmm. um are any of us really and I think that's probably what I'm going to take away from today is that you know, to give ourselves a bit more compassion, to, you know, go into the new year with less judgment and just be kinder to ourselves in general. Um, I think that's probably what I will end the conversation with. What about you, Laura? I think um, what she said about taking time to slow down um, during the day, like she she would take little snapshots of time throughout her day, um, like in between clients or something like that to lie down for a minute or two and take some deep breaths um you know she's really she's a busy mum and everything but you know I think we can all take a couple of minutes at least a couple of times or a few times throughout the day to just have that moment to reset yeah for sure um I kind of have a mixture of both of yours um I like how she um, was very present in the moment. And also something that I really loved and just thought was great was that how she thought about how her son, her son would love to be on this welly walk. And she took out her phone and immediately texted her nanny that. And um, it, because if that were me, I would be like, oh, I'll text her in a second. And then I would have just totally forgotten. But it's something that took 30 seconds and that was done. And so that that's something I need to take from Rhiannon. If something takes less than 30 seconds, just do it now. <laughs> what about you, Cammy? Yeah, I think uh, all of those. And, and, and for me, it's that sense of just enjoy the moment, you know, live your life to the fullest, enjoy every day for whatever it brings and enjoy those little tiny special moments um, because they're there and then they're gone. But they are absolutely priceless if we are able to really tune in and be there. So whatever little moments you're celebrating as you listen to this episode, Thank you to Rhiannon for taking us on your morning walk and sharing your good start to the day. But I love chatting to you all today. So a huge thanks from me to you, Danny, Laura and Cammie, and of course to our incredibly down-to-earth guest, Rhiannon Lambert. 
Most important of all though, thanks so much to you for listening. If this is the first time you've joined us, there are plenty more episodes you can subscribe to and download. But if you've been with us from the beginning, thank you so much for coming with us and our fabulous guests on their walks to wellbeing. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and wellbeing team, stay well and see you soon. Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive health and wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to giftstoyou.com forward slash apod2, that's A-P-O-D and the number two, to get three issues for just $9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door too. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag WalkToWellbeing and you can even download exactly the same list of questions you heard our guest chat through earlier in the episode. You could record your very own Walk to Wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today.